Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerninghearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. So what's on your heart today, Monsignor? Today, more and more people are just talking about the end of the world. Just really good people. They're seeing what appears to be the end of the world, and they're talking about it. Those who are Christians know that this world will end. That sun, that moon, those stars, they're going to fall. This world, as we know it, is going to end. Malachi is a prophet of the Old Testament, was teaching the people. What's the response of good people? And what's the response of bad people to the end of the world? We read in the third chapter, Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch. They're going to be totally destroyed. But for you who fear my name, there will be resurrection. You will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. And so what is the attitude toward the end of the world. If you're living in the light of God's love, don't be afraid. It's going to be healing and there will be new life or you will arise. If you're an evildoer in this world, you will be destroyed. Jesus, in the same way, is teaching. And we hear from the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter. And All of this is going out over the whole world. So listen, all of you, especially supposing you're in India and you're hearing this. And your, your churches are being burned down by extremist Hindus. Supposing you're in Egypt and you're hearing this and you're being destroyed and singled out as Coptic Christians. Do not be afraid. Listen to what Jesus is saying today. All over the world, supposing you're in Vietnam and you're being singled out and punished, or North Korea, wherever you may be, and China, Pakistan, 
while some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, all that you see here, the days will come when there will be not left a stone upon a stone that will not be leveled and thrown down. And indeed it was within a generation that in the year 70, the temple was destroyed and never again rebuilt. The only thing that stands now where it was is the Wailing Wall. And that was an outer wall. The temple itself was completely destroyed. But then he goes on not only to talk about the destruction of the temple, but he's also predicting the end of the world. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And this has happened over and over again. Many people have been deceived when they said, I am he. And the time has come. People have been deceived. Don't be deceived. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. So, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and now wars, 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 Syria. Do not be afraid. These will happen. The end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Did you hear the president of Iran saying, we will destroy Israel? Did you hear the blustering of the president of North Korea? We will destroy Japan. We have the means. We have the range to shoot and to have nuclear bombs against America. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, plagues from place to place, and awesome signs and mighty signs will come from the sky. Winds such as never been heard before. Tornadoes in the Midwest with frequency. The typhoon leveling Philippines. The tsunami almost sweeping away millions in the Indian Ocean. AIDS in West Africa, in which millions are dying, a plague. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and to prisons. They will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. Are you hearing this in Egypt? Are you suffering terribly as Coptic Christians? 
Are you suffering in Pakistan because you're being plagued? Are you being plagued in Nigeria by extremists and those who are destroying you? Are you hearing this in Sudan, in China? It will lead to your giving testimony. You know, if you're going to Mass in Washington, D.C., and if you're going to Mass in Omaha or San Francisco or Los Angeles and you're hearing this, it's not as clear the witness you're giving as it is in other parts of the world where there's tremendous persecution because of your faith. Because listen to what Jesus is saying through you, what you're standing up for. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. What a testimony you're giving. You know, when, when Cardinal Juan Nguyen in prison in Vietnam, what a, what a blazing testimony he gave from his communist persecutors. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will be destroyed. What's Jesus talking about there? He's talking about this world is not the end. I rose from the dead. This world is not the end. And when you're sitting there before the congregation and hearing the word, you may or may not be living the life of Jesus. You may or not be living the life that this world is not the end. And so the congregation gets mixed as we sit around the table and we eat the bread of life. But we still are doers in this world that Malachi is talking about. We want our life in this world. And so I'm going to take care of my hair here. I'm going to take care of my life here. And everything that I have is going to be here. Well, it will be destroyed. This world is what we're saying. When? I don't know. But when it happened, when the storm happened, uh, the typhoon in the Philippines, gone. Thousands of those that died. Some of them were living in this world. And now they're living in the next. Because they were living according to what God wanted. The suddenness with which they died. And the millions over this past year who died just in ordinary deaths from cancer, from heart trouble or accidents, they're dead. Their life has come to an end. Is their hair destroyed? Not one hair of their head will be destroyed because they will live for eternal life. One time, Leon Bloy, who was on the verge of wanting to be converted, and he was a poor, poor man living in, in a garret and with his family, and he just couldn't make enough money by his writing in, in France. And he would go around from one to another trying to sell his manuscripts. And he just couldn't make enough money. And he and his wife were really starving. And finally, his child died from hunger. And he went into Notre Dame Cathedral screaming at Jesus, Give me what's in your hand. And Jesus opened his hand. 
and it was pierced. What they did to me, they'll do to you. That's the truth about today's gospel. Am I a Christian? Am I following Jesus? Is my life one with his? He and I are one. What they have done to me, they'll do to you. That's the truth. But they can't kill me. Why? I'm alive. I am Jesus. I am Jesus who suffered. I am Jesus who died. Look at your crucifix. I died. And look at Jesus, risen. At Mass today, who is Jesus? He's the living Jesus. He's the suffering, suffering, dying, dying, rising, rising Jesus on the altar. Every Sunday is Easter, wherever we go. Even during Lent, we celebrate Easter because every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can't take it away from me. And so what's the last line of today's gospel? In teaching about the end of the world, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Many of us today who are listening to the word of God, wherever you may be, are suffering terribly. And you are. In this world, this world is passing. It's not a world that's going to last. Listen to the teaching of the church from Advent to the end of the year. This world that you see, you know that temple that got destroyed, that building the temple of the, the Jews, it was torn down, it was destroyed. Those churches that are being burned in Nigeria, those churches that are being burned in Sudan, those churches of yours, my brothers and sisters in India, that are being destroyed, they cannot destroy you. Those buildings are not the church. You are the church. And when you suffer, and when you die, and some of you do, and have, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your friends have died in persecution. They're giving testimony of the church. And the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the faith. You cannot kill Jesus. You cannot kill the Jesus who's in you. The only thing that can kill Jesus is sin and Satan and then death. This world is made for us to be alive in Christ Jesus and to be lived in day by day. How do we live it? You know, St. Philip Neri uh, was asked one day, he was playing pool and it was recreation. One of his brothers said to him, supposing you knew the end of the world was coming in a minute, what would you do? He said, I'd finish the game because what he was doing was exactly the will of God. He was recreating, and that's what he should have been doing. And so the church, in its magnificent teaching, through this marvelous teaching today of St. Paul, what does St. Paul say on this day in which the church is going to end? Just go to work every day. Make sure that what you do every day is work and give charity where you can. And just every day. Do whatever God has presented you with. And I think such a marvelous teaching. And this is to the Thessalonians. And 
here on this Sunday, wouldn't you think the church would get ultra dramatic? And especially through Paul, who's really capable of great drama. No, in the third chapter of his letter to the Thessalonians, and it's his second letter, he says, Brothers and sisters, you know how one must imitate us, for we did not act in a disordered way among you, nor did we eat food received from any one of you. On the contrary, in toil and drudgery, night and day, we worked so as not to put a burden on any of you. Paul was a tent maker, and when he came to the Thessalonians, he had every right to expect them to give him something in order to keep him in his in 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 food and drink and whatever he needed for for whatever service he was going to give them by the gospel on the contrary in toil and drudgery night and day we worked so as not to be a burden on you not that we did not have the right rather we wanted to prepare ourselves and present ourselves as models for you so that you might have someone to imitate so that you could imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, we instructed you that if any one of you was unwilling to work, neither should he have anything to eat. We hear that some of you are conducting yourselves as in a disorderly way, by not keeping busy, but acting like busy bodies. Such people we instruct and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and to eat their own food. Just keep on working, making your own money. Paul continued, even though he was preaching and teaching, what did Jesus do? He worked. He made tables. He made chairs. He did what he did on a daily basis. In making a table and in making a chair and in making those things that were going to be a carpenter's work every day, Jesus was giving us an example. Paul is a tent maker. What is, what is the way by which we live our lives? If you're a doctor, be a doctor. If you're a teacher, be a teacher. If you're an auto mechanic, be an auto mechanic. Whatever you do, do what you do. And in an everyday way, that's how you're gaining your salvation. And so the witness that you're giving, no matter where you live or how you are in your daily life, do it in and with Jesus Christ. So the daily way in which we live, I, I have a, a wonderful brother He's a multi, really made huge amounts of money. And uh, I, I'm, I'm at one point of his life, and uh, we w- wrote a book together. At one point of his life, he had an awful lot of this world's goods. He had homes in Hawaii. He had a magnificent mansion, 25 acres of property, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of uh, yachts. 
airplanes, Rolls Royce, and he really had a lot of toys. This <clears throat> something struck him in his own awareness. This world is going to come to an end. And if it does, and he has all this stuff, look at what he's look at what he's going to lose. Many of you who are listening have that. You you and 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 so when it does come to an end, if this is what you build your life for, and praise God and 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 I the example he, he, he how does he was what was his witness? He gave it away. He gave it away. And he said at one point, I really hope to die a poor man. Because in this life, <clears throat> the riches that you have are not the sign that which is going to last forever. I think it was one of the people who didn't really even believe in God very much who said, we die clutching in our hands the things we gave away. For the Christian he realizes this world is passing. If you have put all of your stock into this world, you're going to lose a lot. And that's why so often, what is the evildoer that uh, is talking about? What is that person who's really going to be so sad when he dies? He's put his faith in this world. The church teaches that only in, through, and with Jesus can we live forever. When you and I were baptized into Christ Jesus, we have a life, his life, which transcends all other lives that ever lived in this world. There is no other one who came into this world and triumphed over sin and Satan, and death. It was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ suffered because he had to, was rejected, and he predicted that he would, and died, and rose again. The church at the beginning of her church year, and at the end, is teaching us, he alone is the Savior and the Redeemer. Do not be afraid. What are we going to do as we prepare for the end of the world? We're going to live in him and through him and with him. With, in, and through Jesus Christ, we will always live, even if you die. Even if the stars fall, even if it happens today. And if I die today, I will live. Do not be afraid. And if I get persecuted, as so many of our brothers and sisters are all throughout the world, they're given testimony of what? Of the eternity of life in Jesus Christ. The only one who is going to live forever is Jesus. There is no other. And so whatever you're doing or wherever you are, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Omaha, Scranton, Karachi, Pakistan, Cairo, Egypt, wherever you are, Christ 
is the only one who can save us at the end of the world. And if you are in him, do not be afraid. Monsignor? Yes? We really are missing the point when we get too, can I say, strung out about here's an event that's pointing to it. Here's a time that I'm, I'm anticipating this happening. We're missing about being in the moment, aren't we? That's it. And, and the church, I, I think, uh, sandwiching these two readings about the end of the world with St. Paul saying, just go to work every day. And stop, stop being a drone or a, or a, a dredge on, on those around you. And we gave you an example. What did we do? We came in. What did Paul do, really, beside preach the gospel? He made tents. And what did Jesus do for 30 years? He, he, uh, he helped his father in the carpenter's shop. He led, he led an ordinary daily life. And what Jesus was giving us and what Paul was saying, that I'm a model for you. You want to follow what... What, is, what does the Christian do? He just le- leads his ordinary daily life. And if you lead your ordinary daily life, maybe there's the, those of us who are really up at the plate right now, and uh, they really are facing the suffering and the dying of Jesus Christ. And I, I believe they're, they're giving great testimony to all of us as to the passing. What, what a tremendous thing that I could say. When I went to Western Africa, and I saw the famine and the plague of, of AIDS there. Millions, millions, millions dying of that plague. And that's, that's here. That might, might not be as strongly reported. And when the earthquake hit uh, the Port-au-Prince in, in uh, uh, Haiti, millions died. And when the tsunami came, so what is that? For all of us, it should have been a sign to us, and that's what he's talking about, be prepared. Be persevering. In what? In your daily life. And what is your daily life? There is only one life. And that's what Jesus was pointing out. What they do to them, they're going to do to you. And what is that? You're going to suffer, you're going to die, and you're going to rise. Do not be afraid. What can anyone do to me when I know in him and through him and with him, whatever is that particular death I have, whatever it will be. Because how many millions and some members of your own family died this past year? Well, that's going to happen to you. So whether it comes when the moon falls and when the sun comes down and ends its time, who cares? If it ends and it ends for me and I'm not prepared, that's really going to be tragedy. At that Leon Bloy's book ends after he gets converted and he has that experience in Notre Dame Cathedral. He, he says, there is only one tragedy in life, not to be a saint. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, 
which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef. <music>